It's my podcast. Change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. Here's my podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Um, I hope you're keeping well. Uh, today, it's Monday. Uh, it's 7 o'clock p.m., and uh, this is going to be our last uh, podcast for 2022. Uh, so this is exciting. We have not missed a week uh, thus far, and we've even been able to uh, scramble and get some additional uh, bonus uh, episodes to you, and I hope you have enjoyed them uh, thoroughly. Now, uh, the other thing that I'd like to say, as we have been sharing with you just kind of the, the length and reach of where our podcast uh, is heading, uh, I'm excited we finally landed in uh, South Africa. Uh, I'm excited about that. As a matter of fact, I want to go to South Africa one of these days, so maybe uh, this will be the uh, preamble uh, towards something like that happening. So anyways, I hope you're doing well. My name is Andre Anderson. I'm both host and founder of BSTL, and I hope that you've been having a uh, good week. Um, the weather is now officially wintered all the way up, and so therefore we got to make sure that we're safe out here in Ontario, but there are other places that have uh, four seasons worth of weather. So anyways, I want to jump right into it. Uh, today's conversation is one that I know that we have often um, had. Uh, we've discussed it. Many of us have shaken our heads. And so I wanted to have this conversation with you all. And I've entitled this podcast, um, Can I Please Speak to Your Manager? So let me start off with a uh, story, a true story. It's not a download, I promise you. Uh, many, many years ago when I was working at a different organization uh, in a call center uh, setting, um, I answered the phone and there was an extremely um, uh, important, influential, popular uh, person that had called in. Uh, they had had a problem uh, with their account and uh, so I answered the phone and there they were. And I got to tell you, it was probably one of the uh, most funniest, um, interesting uh, conversations that I have ever had in my whole entire life. As a matter of fact, um, I probably didn't do too well on the phone call because I spent a lot of that time uh, laughing um, because this individual was is um, extremely funny. Uh, so anyways, when they call in, I answer the phone and almost immediately um, the individual says, look, I just need to speak to your manager. So the truth is, once he said that, I was like, all right, let me just put them on hold. I'll just send it up and then I can go back to eating my Cheetos. Um, but on this particular day, I just didn't feel like passing uh, the phone call up. Uh, and so I say to him, I, I can't, um, I can't pass you along until you've at least shared with me what your issue is. So anyways, um, he begins to share with me what the issue is. I pull up the account, and I can see what's happened. And the truth is, it's a small oversight. Like, really and truly, um, it should have been for us to correct on our end. Uh, the system didn't do what it was supposed to do. Uh, and he was annoyed um, because this small balance that had accrued on his account, uh, it now had him in arrears, and he was trying to do something substantial 
and so he needed to make sure that his credit was right and everything else that was on his credit bureau was fine um, except for this one particular account. So I say to him, look, um, I don't think that you need to uh, speak to a manager. And if I'm to be completely honest with you, I kind of played around with him for a little bit. And when I say played around, it wasn't like unprofessional, but I could have definitely expedited uh, the conversation a lot sooner. And, you know, what he was asking for, it was real simple, and I had the ability to do so. Um, the level of security clearance that I had would allowed, would have allowed for me to make a decision and clean everything up in less than five minutes. But because I was just so happy to be on the phone with him, um, it went a whole lot longer. And he look, he was so funny that he was like, I could tell that you're a brother on the next line. So, bro, please help me out. I mean, he was desperate, and I was going to help him, um, but this is a long time ago, so I just didn't want it to be that easy for him. Um, but out of that uh, conversation with him, um, it, it never left me. So, yes, I fixed his account. Uh, yes, I cleaned everything up for him on the credit bureau. And, yes, I did everything that he asked for because really and truly it wasn't his fault. But I tell you that story to kind of uh, start here in our conversation today because uh, that phone call that he made uh, where he didn't necessarily want to speak with me but wanted to go straight to my manager, straight to my uh, supervisor, um, straight to somebody, quote-unquote, who would be able to help him, I just thought to myself then, and I'm still thinking uh, about it to myself now, how can somebody, like, legit call uh, an organization and immediately escalate a phone call for help unless we have, as leaders have kind of created this environment. So let me explain to you what I'm talking about. I think one of the worst things that we can do, I mean, there's a lot of things that we can maybe do that are not so good, but this one is a big one. Uh, no matter where we go, uh, no matter who we work for, the reality is you're always going to uh, have somebody that's going to call in who is upset about the level of service um, that they have encountered, whether it's in person or over the phone or in writing, uh, by mail, by email, whatever the case may be, you will always find that there is going to be somebody who is upset with how something has been handled. And so now I ask the question of this, where did they get this idea that because I'm calling and perhaps I'm somebody of influence, why do they have the right to bypass every check and balance and ask for a manager before they've been able to speak to somebody on the front lines who should be able to help them out? And so here's what I've discovered throughout the years. Um, it almost seems as though there's this culture um, around leadership that says when something looks like it's too difficult, Take it away from the person that has had the initial contact and let's move it up the food chain. Now, the problem with that is, is that we hire individuals and we put people on the front lines to lead. And the, the reality is most of us didn't start in leadership. We started front lines. And so at the end of the day, we have had to encounter and engage and work through many different scenarios and many different situations that were extremely difficult. And that is how we actually developed 
um, into the type of leaders that could be trusted to become team lead supervisors, directors, VPs, CFOs, and all the other C's that are in there. And the reality is, I just wonder why we are now um, much more comfortable escalating something uh, to upper management as leaders before we give the opportunity and chance um, to those that are on the front line to deal with it. Now, let me tell you why this is a challenge. Uh, the, re- the reality is, is that when you escalate something, what you've actually done is you have neutered those that are on the front line. If somebody comes in yelling and or screaming and on this tirade, and immediately we move them into the corner office to kind of get them away because they're a distraction, I promise you it won't be the last time that they return. And here's the thing that I've also learned, that some of these individuals who may have legitimate concerns, they they may be generally nice people on one extreme, and then for others, they are bullies, and this is what they do no matter where they go. They constantly want to escalate and get it into the right person's hand that can help them. Uh, The reality is you are creating a climate that says there is only so much that a frontline person is going to be able to do. And here's what I've discovered. Some of the brightest and the best in our organizations, they're not in the corner office. They are on the front lines. And because there there are only so many opportunities that are available for leadership, some of our bright stars, they burn out because the opportunity has not been given to them, which is why they are unable to function in the corner office. And so when we now as leaders do not empower and equip and give people the resources and tools and or send those backwards to uh, the, the, the person that they've engaged to to handle whatever the circumstance is, we're actually shooting ourselves in the foot. Now, let me explain why. At the end of the day, no one is going to be leading uh, in that same capacity forever. You know, uh, one of my mentors, he has this quote that I agree with, and it goes like this, no condition is permanent. And so the reality is, if you understand that you will not always be seated in that seat, then it is also your responsibility to make sure that you allow for as many people that that report to you that you are leading to have some of the nuanced experiences that you constantly have to ensure that by the time they are ready to do something, ready to lead, ready ready to be promoted, ready to transition, ready to have a, 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 a vertical move or even a horizontal move into a different department, no one should be sitting in that seat and not be experienced with how can they deal with conflict resolution because this is part of what their responsibility is. And here's what I've also discovered, right, if we're to be honest, right, when somebody says, let me speak to your manager, and you escalate it, and it goes above and beyond and over several heads, here's what I've learned, that usually as leaders, when we get that phone call or that email or that first point of contact, uh, what do we end up doing? We end up going back to the frontline worker. Why? Because we're looking for context, What happened here? Why did this happen? You've had this account before. You've dealt with this person before. Um, What is it that happened? Why are they so irate, etc.? So the time now that your frontline worker has to spend in explaining to you what it is that happened, guess what? They could have easily resolved whatever the situation was. Now, here's the other thing. 
I think that it's actually um, an honorable thing for you to be able to say, I never have to deal with escalations. I mean, every now and then there's going to be something that you have to handle. But the day-to-day grind of it, I actually think that it is a compliment to your leadership when you can say that I have not had to handle a whole lot of escalations in whatever capacity I'm working in because the people that report to me, the people that I serve, the people that serve with me, they are able to handle whatever it is because I have given them the tools to do so. And in a couple of um, podcasts before I explained this, like um, when we normally uh, start working in most organizations, we throw the bells and the whistles at everyone, right? The HR is there. We give them their packages. We tell them about health benefits and vacation and retirement and contributions and all of these different things, right? It's the same no matter where you work. But after that person has kind of settled into their job, into their responsibility, it would seem as though the culture says the longer you work there is the less support that you need. And here's what I've come to understand. The needs may change, but the support has to be on some type of equilibrium. In other words, what I'm saying to you is don't take for granted the fact that because you have a high-functioning employee that they don't still need to have support and not just in the midst of adversity. And of course, this is not so much about what this podcast is about, but we, we've almost created this culture that says we lend support when somebody's back is against the wall. And I don't know. I mean, you guys can respond to me if you'd like to, but I don't think that that's the best way uh, to lead. I don't think that we ought to be encouraging those that we serve, those that report to us, to only come to us when there is something that they absolutely cannot handle. I, I would like to see more organizations helping and equipping their leaders with uh, classes that are educational that allow for them to deal with tough situations. I would like to see uh, more leaders coming into the room with those that report to them and saying, hey, here are some of the scenarios that I have dealt with since the last time we met, whether it's on a quarterly uh, review, on a monthly review, or a weekly review, whatever it looks like in your organization. I would like to see leaders bringing their teams into the room and saying, hey, you may not have dealt with this particular scenario, but this was one of the most difficult situations that we had to deal with as an organization throughout the last week or month or so. How would you have done this better? You know, I remember um, when I was in school, uh, or at least in my first degree when I was at York um, University, uh, one of the things I really appreciated, and I did a sociology degree at that point, um, I I really appreciated the amount of case studies. And maybe what I'm doing is, in this podcast, is I'm advocating, bring back the case studies. Yeah, I think the case studies are important because at the end of the day, Um, I think that the more that we expose people to the various situations that are out there is the more likely we are to create a team that has very few uh, weak spots and blind spots because most people can handle whatever it is that comes their way. And maybe what I'm also saying is when we create an environment that says that at whatever level of leadership we have, we all are going to say the same thing. 
then after a while, people don't need to speak to your manager because what your frontline worker has said is the exact same thing that the leader is also saying. And let me just say this, and this might be hard, and I promise you I'm throwing no stones in any organization or in in any direction because I've got friends that work all over the world and all over the place. And the reality is I think that it's a compliment when we can say that I don't need to patch you up to whomever because they're going to say the same thing. And so, you know, I, I, I do know that sometimes we use our positional authority and leadership to kind of lord um, over individuals. And sometimes we have a way of dismissing a volatile situation by hurrying that individual out of the room, responding with a, qu- a quick email, responding with a quick phone call saying, don't worry, uh, I'm not sure what so-and-so did, but this is a non-issue and I'll take care of it. And then you come off the phone and it almost makes it look like you're a hero. But here's the thing, to the person that has been battling with that account or with that person, when you now as a manager and a leader now begin to dismiss the account, uh, that the the policy says, no, we can't do it that way, Um, but now because you want to avoid uh, the conflict, you, you don't want that person to speak of you ill as a manager, you now completely respond in a way that is against policy because you have the right to do so. So what do you do in that moment? You actually demoralize those that are working with you and for you. And you almost make it seem as though what they're saying is not valid and they don't know what they're talking about. No, no, no. They do know what they're talking about. It's just that you perhaps, we as leaders, have taken the short route uh, to avoid the conflict, uh, to to avoid true resolution We have actually allowed individuals to do whatever they want to because we kind of sort of just want to get going with our day. And so really what I'm saying is as leaders, and I promise you, I've probably done this before, uh, and I hope I haven't done it uh, recently, and I hope I won't do it again. uh, We are all guilty of at times, based on what we have on our own plates, we have made um, some decisions that are against policy, but it was the easiest way out for that particular situation and circumstance. I think we do those that uh, serve with us, those that report to us, those that we are responsible for. I think we do them uh, a disservice when we answer in a way that we can because of our positional authority. Well, hey, if that's what you're going to do then, then you also have to bestow those same powers on those that are leading while you are not on the phone, while you are not in the room. If you have the ability to wipe something clear, then give me the same right. I think that's what the people would say on the front lines. If you have the capacity to take an account that normally doesn't look that way, or if you have the ability to work with somebody and you know that, look, this is something that we can do outside of policy, then you've got to give everyone those same rights and freedoms. Why? Because that's part of building culture. And I've talked about that also in a recent podcast. You've, you know, and we don't like to admit it, when we make decisions that we do not empower others to make, we are literally changing the culture and we are changing the capacity and we may be even impacting the overall uh, tenor and tone of those that report to us because every single time that phone call escalates, we have a way of resolving it quickly and or dismissing those 
who have made a, a particular decision based on what policy is. Whoa, I've said a mouthful. Uh, I could have said a whole lot more, but this is going to be one of those shorter podcasts because what I'm encouraging us to do as leaders is really be more consistent. Empower those that are working with us and for us to make hard decisions. We've got to break this culture that says that the title that somebody has is the thing that makes them more wise or less wise or more faithful or less faithful based on the uh, office that they, that they occupy. Because here's what I've discovered, that at various levels of leadership, even though there may be somebody that's sitting in the big chair, they often go and they consult with individuals that may or may not ever be in the big chair. And the advice that they often give, which is good, sound, wisdom, they use that and they don't always give credit to those who have been leading from behind the scenes. And so maybe what I'm advocating for is, yes, I understand um, by way of dividing uh, labor, and being, being able to uh, hold people accountable for work that needs to happen or work that needs to be completed, we do have to have very specific titles. But when it comes to conflict resolution, I would like to see more of us as leaders empowering those that work with us and for us, those that serve us and those that we serve to have the capacity and the ability to do more so that when somebody says, let me speak to your manager, they should be able to say, my manager ain't going to say anything different than what I'm saying because this is what our policy is. And so, look, if you would like to get some help, I'm more than willing to help you. If you do not allow for me to uh, give you some help, then maybe you should put it in writing, but you're still going to have to deal with me at the end of the day. And I think when we do that and we allow people to have uh, the ability to make a decision, make a strong decision, we, de- um, we develop more leaders for tomorrow, and then we also break the culture that says, I don't have to deal with you because you don't have the title. I think people need to deal with anybody and everybody that work within the organization unless it is something that you're unable to deal with because you just don't understand. So anyways, um, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Seasons Holidays or whatever, Seasons Greetings. There it is. That's the better way. My prayer for you all is is that you will enjoy this time with your family and that you'll make a difference somewhere. And if you're a leader leading somewhere, here's a good gift for those that work with you and for you. Empower them. Give them the skill sets. Continue to train them. Develop them. Because one day, somebody else is going to be sitting in your seat. And if they are sitting in your seat, wouldn't it be good if they actually lead better than you ever have because you've given them everything that perhaps you yourself never had. My name's Andre Anderson. I'm both host and founder of BSTL. Take care, and we'll see you next year. Hey, everybody. This is the recap from the episode we just listened to, Can I Speak to Your Manager? Number one, equip and empower your frontline workers. This will allow them to transition into different positions when the opportunity arises. Number two, provide a positive cultural environment 
by establishing educational policies and workshops that focus on conflict resolution. Number three, provide support to your front team workers in the decisions that they make. This allows them to gain responsibility through their own personal encounters. My name is Andre Anderson. Hope you enjoyed. See you all next year.